2: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Here for the Right Reasons, Us Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Heron, and this week I caught up with a Bachelor Nation OG. Deanna Pappas was the fourth Bachelorette ever, and I caught up with her for usmagazine.com, and we talked about the Bachelorette group chat, how the show has changed, got an update on her life, and even got some fun tea about her relationship with Brad on and off season 11 of The Bachelor. It was a real blast in the past, but she is one of the sweetest people ever, and I think you're really going to like our chat, which we're going to play at the end. But first, there is so much news to break down, as always. I have Us Weekly Associate Editor Nick Houtman here with me. Hi, Nick.
1: Hi, Sarah. I'm back. How are you?
2: You're (laughs) back and maybe better than ever.
1: Yeah, I feel like I'm like your unofficial podcast co-host now.
2: Oh, wow. So you're just throwing that out there, maybe hoping that it'll stick?
1: Yeah, maybe you should just like add my name to the the title of the podcast.
2: (laughs) Sarah Harris and Nick Houtman Presents. here for the right reason.
1: Right. I love it.
2: Okay, well, I'll sleep on that one. But for now, we have to talk about Chris Souls and Victoria Fuller because ever since this photo of them popped up at Leaping Lizards Cafe, I have not been able to handle myself. I screamed when I saw this photo. For those of you who didn't see it, it is Chris and Victoria for the first time next to each other at this random cafe in Virginia Beach. I don't know when they left Iowa and got to Virginia Beach. Little concerned about that. However, I'm one shocked just because seeing them next to each other was, I knew they were dating us we broke the news, they were dating. We had all the proof, but seeing them next to each other just really threw me off. I don't know why. And two, I'm shocked that she let the first photo of them be not from her. I don't know if that's a girl thing, but I feel like no one lets the first picture of like a couple, like their debut, not be from them on their Instagram. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah. So when I first saw the photo, the, I thought it was Photoshop because I was like, this is such an uncomfortable, like weird photo. And then also because it was on that random like restaurants page. So I was like, this is so weird that this is like their unofficial like Instagram debut.
2: Leaping Lizards Cafe is now a landmark for Bachelor Nation. And we'll always have that.
1: What do you think went into that? Like, because what I feel like is their server was probably like, oh, can I get a picture? And took the picture. And then they didn't expect them to post it on like their Instagram.
2: That's 100% what I would say too. However, the way she's like, hugging him so strategically and like trying to like look cute, like must nestled up to him. Maybe in the back of Victoria F's mind, she was like, there's a chance this picture could end up on usmagazine.com. And I need to make sure that we look like the picture perfect couple, the farmer. And I don't know what Victoria F's job is, but <laughs> the farmer and the influencer, the new Baker and the beauty of the ABC, farmstress. the farmer and the influencer. <laughs> what?
1: The farmstress. <laughs>
2: Oh, wow. I love that for her. (laughs) So yeah, I I assume the server did orchestrate the photo. I doubt, you know, they were like, oh, take our picture and then didn't post it and gave it to Leaping Lizard's Instagram. Maybe she got, maybe it was a paid promotion. And now that I've said that restaurant so many times that she's getting a check, I don't know, probably not, but you never know with these people. But either way, I mean, he is just such a large man and she is so tiny that it was a little strange. So I understand the Photoshop, but it was, I was just so thrown off. And I don't even know why, because I know they're dating, but I was thrown off.
1: Right. Same. I also screamed.
2: We screamed. Um, You know what I also screamed this week? It was a really big, a big week for for Bachelor Nation, as always. When Nick Vial and Andy Dorfman, within 24 hours of her moving to Los Angeles, were on a run together.
1: Right. So we know I love a (laughs) Reddit. Love a Reddit. When I first saw the picture, I was like, there's no way that's them. Like, it's possible it could have been one of them. And then the other one was just like a lookalike or something. But, you know, so I went on my Reddit, my trusty, you know, my friends there. (laughs) And they kind of dug up like some clues. And like they pointed out that, you know, Andy posted in the same outfit on her Instagram story. And I was like, wow, this is totally them.
2: Yeah, it was a blurry picture of the back of their heads. But like Nick had just gotten a haircut and Andy was in the same shirt. And we know she loves to run. That's like her brand these days. Endorphins, and I love her. And I was really surprised when I saw she was moving to Los Angeles because she was kind of made a brand. Part of her brand was New York. Like after she left Georgia and her breakup with Josh, like her books are very heavily New York. It's almost like a modern day Carrie Bradshaw kind of vibe where she's going out dating in the city after being on this reality show. And when I saw that picture, I know that they were friends, and a source told us they're friends, and this is nothing new because. I know they made amends after he kind of blew up their spot on that after the final rose. But after she broke up with Josh and I think had time away from the franchise, they became friendly. But why was she hanging out with him like right after she got to L.A.? It's a little weird, no?
1: Yeah, I feel like she just got there and she was like, I need to like hang out with someone. Like, I can't just be alone. Like, I need a friend. So I feel like they just kind of met up. And I'm sure he reached out, too, because I'm sure he knew that she was moving. So I feel like he was probably like, hey, like, let's just hang out. Like, when you get here.
2: Yeah, maybe he even like responded to her Instagram, like sent it to her. I was like, oh, you're moving to LA? I love running too. Cause we know Nick Vile loves an Instagram comment, which he proved time and time again, especially when we posted this story and he decided to clear it up in the comment section of Us Weekly's Instagram, which his prerogative, we were just throwing out that they were together. We weren't, ins- you know, maybe insinuating something. But he wrote that they are just friends, nothing to see here and go on about your day but I kind of would approve.
1: Same. It's so interesting to me that Nick Vial is just constantly seen with all these girls and everyone's just like, oh my God, like they're dating. And I just feel like he's the type of person who like can be like friends with a woman and not have it be romantic, which is like a rare thing for some guys. But it's just so interesting that he's always like tied up into these like fake relationships.
2: Even he was just with Demi, who's his friend. He, they like Demi and her boyfriend broke up, which I actually didn't even deep dive into that one because they had dated for like five months and I was like, this is not worth my time. But they, he was with Demi, who we know he's friends with, but still it was the same thing. Like the comments are just like, oh, ship, 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 or oh, what's going on here? And I just feel like it's every other day, Nick Vile. And I just want him to, I want him to end up with someone. I'm really ready for him to be in a relationship. We've never gotten to see since Vanessa, like Nick be open about being in a relationship. I think he made some coy comment on his podcast that he is seeing someone, but he never goes Instagram official with it or makes it public. And I feel like it's, he maybe is saying that that's a choice, but I think it's because it never gets to the point where he's confident that it's going to last.
1: Right. And he had said that right before he was spotted with Andy. So some people were like, oh, it must be Andy.
2: Yeah, which it's not. And that's fine. And now Andy has been in L.A. for like a week and is with Amanda Stanton, who, as we know, she is friends with. Amanda was on this podcast a few weeks ago and talked about her friendship with Andy, even though they both were engaged to Josh. They, you know, don't sit around and talk about him. And I am interested to see where where this goes, if Andy and Nick will be hanging out a lot. Some sort of quote unquote breaking Amanda Stanton news. Is even though Ben Higgins' season of The Bachelor was re-airing last night, which we'll get to, I assume that prompted this because her ex-husband, who is the father of her two daughters, went on Instagram and typed at Amanda Stanton, everyone should see how she talks to me all the time. So I wonder if Ben's season re-airing had people like looking up her ex-ex-husband Nick and sending him messages or just like asking questions since it re-brought out, like, oh, like I forgot Amanda had these two daughters and she was on the show. we didn't really get to know the dad, but um, um, Amanda had nothing but nice things to say about Ben and said she never dated anyone like Ben before, which implies that her ex-husband is you know, nothing like Ben and everyone thinks holds Ben to this high standard. So I assume he got frustrated and he took screenshots of her text messages. I assume they were talking about co-parenting and COVID, which we also I also talked to Amanda about. And at that point, it was so early that his girlfriend apparently works in a hospital and she didn't feel comfortable with the kids going there makes sense. Weeks went by. I assume they wanted to see their dad. They figured out a system, but he shared their text message and she allegedly texted him and you call me crazy. And I'm say, I'm say, I'm jealous. Like, please now I'm going to get sick all week. And this could have been easily avoided. You suck. And he wrote back. Neither of them are sick. When I had them, I told you I was super, super sick. And she said, yeah, but the last, the last, I think she meant the least you could do is bring a test that I bring to your door and prick your finger just to make sure zero respect. And you're just difficult and a loser for no reason other than you're an alcoholic and an effing asshole taking you to court. See you there. Leave your ugly girlfriend at home.
1: <laughs> what a way to it. that.
2: <laughs> leave your ugly girlfriend at home. I mean, oh, like that is some, that's, you know, those are, I don't, we, I'm not one to say that I can understand a co-parenting relationship or an ex-husband or an ex-wife or anything like that. So it's not totally my place. However, Amanda, feisty.
1: I was just about to say, she's so feisty. I would not mess with her.
2: I wouldn't either. And I feel like you think, not that she's not super nice, because she's been nothing but nice to me and anyone I know who's ever met her. And you get fierce when you're protecting your kids, but leave your ugly-ass girlfriend at home. Like, I might have to start saying that, even to people who don't have gr- ugly-ass girlfriends. <laughs>
1: Just throw it out there.
2: <laughs> yeah, why not? So that's interesting. We'll see how that plays out. We'll get into her a little bit more later when we talk about Ben's season. But first, I need to talk about Colton and Cassie. What can you tell me about these tattoos? Because I wasn't—I was off at the end of last week, and all of a sudden, I'm seeing all these emails about Colton and Cassie getting tattoos. But was it at the same place? Was it at the same time? I don't really understand.
1: So I believe he was the first one who posted, and he tagged like the tattoo artist, and he got you know this tattoo this one night. And then the next day, Cassie's sister, Michelle, posted on her Instagram story that they got tattoos the previous night, which, have been, which would have been the same night, and she tagged the same tattoo artist. So people were like, oh, like, were they there together? Did they just happen to go to the same artist, like, at different times on the same day? So it was just very confusing. Yeah. What do you think of this?
2: I mean, I think that we reported last week that Colton was spotted in Cassie's hometown. Which, as far as I know, he didn't live in Huntington Beach. He stayed with her family, but I don't know where. I don't know exactly where her apartment was in California. But I know he—they didn't live together. And then, since Corona happened, she has been in Huntington, and he was there, and then left to see his family. And then I know he lives in California, so it's not like a shock to see him in California. But specifically in Huntington Beach, I feel like I don't know if that's where his apartment was. Maybe it was. So at first there was that. They claim they're going to stay friends and I understand that, but like less than a month after your breakup to be going to the same like tattoo artist and not getting matching tattoos, but even maybe this was like an appointment they already had or an idea they already had because it doesn't really make sense to me if I'm being that honest. That makes
1: sense. I didn't think of that. So maybe they had an appointment to go together and then they broke up. So she was like, hey, I still want to go. And she brought her sister maybe.
2: Maybe. And people are calling them like post breakup tattoos, which I just think is a funny way to put it like I guess technically they got these tattoos post breakup but do they have anything to do with each other
1: right so we had a source I just pulled it up that told us it was just a bunch of meaningful tattoos and a really chill nice night with friends so even that was kind of unclear like okay they got these meaningful tattoos and like it was a nice night with friends but like did they go together it's just all very like up in the air and confusing I
2: feel like they didn't want to announce their breakup because it was very much Caitlin and Sean Booth vibes where everybody knew they were broken up because they went from posting nonstop to not, but they don't, they weren't necessarily ready to actually pull the plug on the relationship, but they felt pressure from people in their Instagram comments being like, where's Cassie? Where's Colton? What's going on? And then they were just like, all right, we should just announce it because the narrative's going to get shifted. And then we're going to have people press involved, trying to figure it out. And people are reaching out. So maybe they're still trying to get closure from that and that somehow this closure is going to come from these post-breakup tattoos. I don't know. But then he's all up in Maddie Pruitt's Instagram comments, which I have the receipts. I said on this podcast last week that I think Colton and Maddie would be, Maddie Pruitt from Peter's season would be an amazing match. And they both love their religion. We have an interview with Maddie on usmagazine.com right now talking about how faith is the most important thing for in a relationship. We have, they. Um, she said she likes athletes. She said, I don't know, a bunch of other qualities she said she liked that Colton had. And I don't think they're dating because they left a few prayer hand emojis on each other's Instagrams. However, it got the conversation and the ball rolling. And maybe, you know, you see one of those stories. It's like, oh, they're getting flirty. And then Colton sends it to Maddie. And he's like, ha ha ha, like the press. And they blame it on us. And then they end up actually dating.
1: Right. I could totally see that. And I do think they would be good together. And I feel like she's in a good place now. Like when she was on the Bachelor Goat special last week or the week before, I feel like she was in like a good place and I feel like she's ready to like move on. So it might be a little soon for Colton, but.
2: Yeah, it might be a little soon. I mean, Jennifer Aniston, your hot take on who we should date next should really get ready, get her her DM set if she's going to make a move because there's prospects.
1: Right, it's going to be the battle for Colton.
2: Maddie is also like out here hanging out with all of these. I don't really know who half these people are. I think they're like YouTube type for famous people they have like a million followers and they're all friends with selena gomez so we know that she knows selena gomez and they met literally because selena was watching peter season and liked her and like tagged her on something on instagram and then the next thing you knew maddie was buying board games with selena while posting her breakup with colton announcement which was still one of the weirdest things to happen in 2020 um and then someone from outer banks was there like maddie is gonna like find her i think both hannah and maddie are gonna end up around for a long time even if it's not
1: bachelor related these like bachelor and celebrity connections will always just throw me off like demi lovato's friendship with hannah brown like all of these like it's just so interesting to me
2: it really is we should i don't know if we have one of these but we need a gallery of celebrities friends with bachelor nation another couple to keep an eye on is you know becca kufrin and garrett we've talked a lot about their back and forth with his pro-police post amid amid the Black Lives Matter movement and her and Rachel Lindsay having a very honest conversation about it on their show. They've continued that conversation in one of their more recent episodes. Becca literally said, I don't know what the future holds and they're still working through some issues. And she was very vague about it and she's like, I'm going to leave it at that. Of course, you know, we all ran with it because that was very telling for her to say, I don't know where our future holds. It's one thing to, you know, play coy or not address it, but I don't think she realized the weight of the, maybe she said it offhand, but the weight of those words was like, oh, like she really said, I don't know where my future holds with him. And it obviously got a lot of pickup. And I think her comment section must be filled with people asking her and maybe even misquoting her and making it seem even like she said something crazier. They have not posted together as far as I've seen since then. I think maybe they're just trying to let the dust settle and they know we're going to read into everything, which the one thing Becca did post recently on Instagram, like two days ago, was a clip from 13 Reasons Why season one. I recognized it right away. It was Clay and Hannah talking about how you, Clay was like reading the comments on his post and everyone was saying like mean things about him or mean things about Hannah, I can't remember. And Hannah was like, for number one well, I'll never read the comments. And she just wrote like LMAO or something along the clip. And I'm like, Becca, like I get it. Like I'm sure she's getting it from all angles right now. People defending Garrett, people defending Rachel, people coming for her, people probably thinking they're being nice and defending her. But also, like, you are a public figure who has a show where you're addressing these issues. Like, you have to be able to take it a little bit. People who are saying totally rude, horrible things that are not, have no merit, that is messed up. And we've talked about there's a difference between trolling and holding people accountable. But I was just a little surprised that she felt like this clip from this high school show, like, spoke to her so much that she needed to share it.
1: It's so interesting to me. Obviously, like you said, these people are in the public eye, like they kind of put their relationships out there for the world to see. But it's interesting to me that, you know, and when I say interesting, I guess I mean awkward, that they're kind of like through like the looking glass. Like, I feel like we're just like looking into their relationship, like we're seeing them just kind of like crumble. And it's just kind of awkward just to like watch that.
2: It's so awkward. And I've always said, which I mean, this is a ridiculous statement, but I will stand by it. Couples who put their relationship on TV or on Instagram, they should have to tell us why they broke up. Because we had to get invested and we learned and we know more about your relationship than probably you wanted us to, but you also sold me a Fat Fit Fun box. So that means that you owe me something because you you aren't just presenting both. You know what I mean? Like and I always said if you wanted to go private on Instagram and make your life private, you can do that. When I'm stalking these girls from Ben seasons and these old seasons trying to figure out for these where are they now galleries that I've been doing, there's a handful of them that I have to request and really do some digging to figure out if they do have a boyfriend or what their post-bachelor career was. Granted, a lot of these are people who didn't go as far for sure, but don't act like you're not taking advantage of the platform and then act surprised when people are asking questions of you. Again, people who are sending death threats and being insane, like it's, it's out of control. And I don't know how we stop those people because we need to. And The Bachelor has addressed that. I think they did last year with Rachel actually saying like, what like, why are you cyberbullying these bachelor people? You don't even know them. And of course it's the keyboard warriors. It's easier behind the computer. But at the same time, like you went on this podcast and you are like having this really honest conversation with Rachel. And now it's just like really awkward. And Rachel was just like, I don't F with Garrett. Like we have our own friendship and I'm fine with that. And I think Garrett's part of the problem. And like, part of me is like, what's Becca supposed to say to that? But at the same time, it's like, is Rachel wrong? Like, where's the lie? I don't know. Like, it's so messy. It's like almost, it's almost too real.
1: Yeah. I was very surprised that Becca even put that out there, especially so soon. I feel like it was like a few days after like his whole police post and everything. I've always been a fan of Becca and Garrett, his like social issues aside. Obviously, like, I don't agree with that. But I felt like they were really good together. And like, I always like follow them on Instagram. And like, they have their cute dog together. And I feel like they were like, they seemed like one of the more like normal, quote unquote, couples. So like I always enjoyed following their journey. So I am kind of like rooting for them. But at the same time, like I understand like why they are having issues. So it's just, it's so interesting.
2: It is really interesting. And I remember when her season ended, I was on like the conference call with them and all the media. We could ask like, it was a bunch of us and it was, they used to do it this way. They didn't do it for Peter's season because Peter didn't do press. But, um, and I don't know if they did. I didn't, I wasn't on Hannah's. I don't know if she did because Jed wasn't the thing either. But for a winning couple, they would do this thing where they would have all the outlets calling and be able to ask a few questions for the most like generic thing. And I was on Becca and Garrett's and I was the one who had to ask him about, well, it wasn't had to, but I was the one who asked him about his like offensive likes and the memes he was liking about like the Parkland shooting and just things that were not funny and quite frankly, like dangerous rhetoric. And it was so awkward and their whole demeanor changed, but she really had his back in the sense that she was like, I believe that he just was ignorant and clicked the like button and didn't understand what the weight of the like button meant. And then we've talked about this and I was like, oh, look, this is really kind of refreshing, I guess, to see a someone not just cut someone off if they genuinely think that they are changing and have evolved and have an honest conversation about it. And I remember after I was on that call, I was like, oh, I think they're actually going to make it because she has his back in this. And it would have been an easy time to be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, screw him. Like, I don't want to go through this. And it was probably a lot of scrutiny. And now it's the same thing. So I definitely think there's genuine love there. Like you said, I'm really surprised she was even willing to say, like, I don't know. She was saying people are going to ask me, but maybe she should have waited a few weeks. I mean, I'm glad she said it because it was very interesting for me to hear. But I don't know. It should be interesting. We had Colton and Cassie, I'm pretty sure, have been our only quarantine split for Bachelor Nation. And there's just no way that that's going to be the only one. So we're going to, by the end of the summer, I predict at least one more. One more breakup.
1: Right. I really commend Becca, though, because even if they do break up, like she made it pretty far and like they have such different like views on things. And I feel like that can't be easy, especially since they were living together and everything. Um, yeah. So hope for the best, out. whether that's them together or apart.
2: Yes, we'll find out. Well, let's get into Ben Higgins re-airing Bachelor Goat. First of all, I'm enjoying these. Are you enjoying them? And two, has Chris Harrison's book in the background gotten closer and closer to the center of the frame every week because the perfect letter has never gotten a bigger plug
1: (laughs) okay so i didn't even know this book existed and then i saw it in the background and it definitely has like gotten like brighter or closer or something because i feel like i'm just constantly yeah i'm just constantly looking at it and i don't know why because like it's not changing (laughs) but i think that's what he wants us to look at so
2: yeah well are you enjoying the specials?
1: i am i missed the first one But I've been watching since. And it is like a nice, like, walk down memory lane, so. Plus, I didn't watch... Who was the one prior to Ben? I already forgot. Caitlin. Right. I didn't watch her season, so I enjoyed, like, being able to watch that for the first time. Ben's season, I had seen, but it was still, like, fun to kind of relive everything.
2: Yeah, I mean, Ben's season, the two things that I totally forgot about were, one, the twins, and two, the pegs in the Bahamas. I was just like, that date looks horrible, and why did they bring these twins on this show? Like, it's... it's (laughs) It, I don't even, whatever. Like, I guess it's funny, but like, when you think about the premise of the show and it's supposed to be finding your husband or wife, like, he's not going to pick one of the twins. Like, and they made it pretty far.
1: Yeah, they did. And then they were on paradise
2: several times. And then yeah. Ben and Lauren got that freeform spinoff, which on my time hop this morning, I discovered was announced four years ago today. Ooh. So that's interesting. And then once Ben and Lauren didn't want to do the spinoff anymore, they gave eight episodes to Emily and Haley, the twins.
1: Wait, I didn't know that. I never yeah, watched the, that.
2: The twins happily and ever, ever after question mark was a show on Freeform. Oh, no. Because Emily and Haley were like reoccurring guest stars on Ben and Lauren happily ever after question mark. And I think there's probably a handful of funny tweets of people being like, oh, my God, give the twins their own show. And the executive of Freeform was like, OK.
1: Oh, no, I, I don't remember that.
2: Did you watch Ben and Lauren Happily Ever After?
1: I did, and I enjoyed it, kind of, sort of. (laughs) But I just, I don't remember the spinoff thing. I remember the twins being on Ben and Lauren's show, but I didn't know about the spinoff. I guess I just didn't pay attention to that.
2: Yeah, there's two things I remember about Ben and Lauren Happily Ever After. One, that his, like, he had a secret love for, like, LARPing slash, like, renaissance fairs, which was the most wild, like, quote-unquote reveal that's ever been on reality TV. And by wild, I mean lame. And two, the twins got a spinoff. So I also always thought it was interesting that they this been this Happily Ever After franchise that Freeform tried to do, which is obviously an ABC affiliate or like connection, didn't work because I know Ashley I also tried to get like a spin-off with like her and Dean and Jared and Nick and kind of like what now was what it was called. And I'm I always thought that there should be like a bachelor revolving door check-in kind of thing where like every season you see a handful of people for a certain number of episodes and then they move on and they go to different parts of the country and they check in with bachelor people. But I guess there's just not that much drama actually going on. Like, I would like to see some of their lives, but they would need to fight. And I think that's where we're not going to get it. These people aren't down to, like, go that level, I guess.
1: Right. I feel like that would even be, like, an interesting, like, web series. Because, like, I don't know if I could see that on TV, but I could see, like, a check-in, like, maybe two episodes a week. Not two episodes a week, like, two episodes total with, like, Dean and Caitlin, and then, like, the next two episodes could be, you know, Ashley and Jared or something. But
2: I think Ashley and Jared did that, and just no one watched it because it was a web show. So I guess, I don't know. But back to Ben, I mean, he had a really good group of girls.
1: So before you start that, can I go into, like, my two things that I forgot? Of course. Okay, so JoJo coming in with a unicorn head. JoJo, to me, is, like, one of the most normal bachelorettes. She's hands down my favorite bachelorette. And, like, I completely forgot that she showed up in that. And, like, when I watched that back, I, I didn't even know it was her at first when I just saw that person, like, coming out of the limo. And then I was like, oh, my God, that was JoJo. And then she introduced herself as Joelle. And I was like, what is happening? I don't remember <laughs> is this woman? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's funny. I, I think maybe she was trying to be, like, fun and quirky and easygoing, which she is. But, yeah, that was weird.
1: Yeah, I just... I don't know. I can't see her doing that today. Like if she were to go on the show again or something, which obviously Although she's with Jordan. So her, and Jordan sound,
2: her and Jordan and his family do like dress up in like weird outfits on Christmas and stuff. So maybe like she's weirder than we think, but.
1: True. Maybe she has like a closet of costumes. But um, my other thing isn't something that I forgot, but it's something you apparently forgot. I vividly remember the pig date because I remember being, like, traumatized by it because I was like, oh, pigs, like, what could be so scary about them? And now I just feel like I never want to be near a pig. Especially like, I'm scared
2: ocean. of pigs. Yeah, like, that's, like, a thing people do in the Bahamas, right?
1: Yeah, but, like, I vividly remember that date.
2: There also must have been just, like, pig shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the face you just made. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, they're in the ocean. That's where they... Do they live in the ocean? Or these pigs, do they release them?
1: I don't know. I, we need to do some research into pigs.
2: <laughs> I know. I guess so. Here for the Right Reasons is proudly sponsored by Every Plate, America's best value meal kit delivery service, which shops, plans, and delivers. So all you have to do is cook and eat. I've stopped getting caught out missing ingredients that I need. Everything comes pre-measured in well-labeled meal kits, so you know which ingredients go with which recipe. It's so good getting delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for way less than you would spend on takeout or delivery, and it's much healthier. You pick your dishes and can skip weeks and cancel any time so it's really flexible. It's reduced the stress of meal planning and shopping, and I'm eating so much better. There's a wide variety of recipes, and I save so much time as meals come together in around 30 minutes, which is less stressful and way less time consuming than going to the grocery store. My favorite are the cranberry glazed pork chops, and the simple recipes are outlined with step-by-step instruction cards, and you can feel confident, even when you are cooking something you have never cooked before. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. The meal tastes great, and I'm loving all the money and time I'm saving. Even at regular pricing, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kit deliveries out there, but right now you can get 3 weeks of every plate meals for only 2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code bachelor3 again you can get 3 weeks of every plate meals for only 2.99 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code bachelor3 that's b a c h e l o r and the number 3 one of the big things from last night was Olivia I remember when this season was airing, Olivia did get so much hate on social media. And I think that it's because this was one of the first seasons where everyone was live tweeting and everyone was following these people on Instagram. And it was 2016, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but there was sort of a different way I feel like people were speaking about people on the internet even then. And it was very much so where I think younger people also started watching The Bachelor. So it was more of a presence on something like Twitter and social media and meme culture. She's been open before about how basically the show really messed her up mentally and emotionally. And I was, when I saw she was going to be on it, I was like, oh, like she's not going to hold back because she hasn't done anything Bachelor-associated in years. And she has her own podcast called Mouthing Off, which played on the mouth. And she has Bachelor people on there, but she doesn't exactly have kind words to usually say about the show. So- What do you remember about Olivia? And were you surprised to see her do the show? And that apology from Ben and Chris Harrison was, I thought, very interesting. I think Ben genuinely probably feels really bad that his season was the one that got one of the more, like, villains to get a lot of hate.
1: I remember being, like, very, like, taken aback by her. I never necessarily saw her as, like, a villain. I always kind of felt like that she was just kind of, like, an outsider in the group, that she never really got along with the other girls. They didn't really give her a chance. Which, like, I guess I understand, you know... I mean, she went on this show and she had such a hard time because like, I mean, being I can't imagine going on the show like it's just such a different like experience. And she like she said last night, you know, she had just left her her job as a news anchor like two weeks before she went to film The Bachelor. So I feel like it was just such a big jump for her. And I feel like being in that house and that environment was probably just like something she wasn't used to. Not that anyone's used to it, but I feel like everyone kind of handles it differently. So I didn't necessarily ever think that she was like the crazy one, which I feel like some of the other girls might've thought about her, but it was nice to see her kind of get like her redemption last night. Ben was tweeting about, you know, how people were unfair to her, you know, in the house and on social media. And it was nice to see that she kind of like found herself over time. And like, she kind of grew from like her time on the show. Cause um, she even said, I wrote down, she said, I self-destructed. And it was kind of like a learning experience, which I thought was really cool to hear.
2: Yeah. I think it was a part, a mix of like, she is bold and she was really into Ben and then she was, she's gorgeous. So I'm sure women were intimidated by her, whether they want to admit it or not. Ben was clearly into her, at least in the beginning. And then she was very sarcastic. And I think dry in the half of those interviews, I think when she was like Olivia Higgins, I think she was kidding. But when you see it with her, you know, aggressive, I'm going to go after Ben behavior it does create this narrative of, oh, this is like the quintessential crazy chick. Like she's writing Olivia Higgins over and over again in a notebook and thinks that like she's delusional when really I think Ben did like her, which then made the girls even more mad because she was this beautiful, confident girl. And then they wanted to tear her down. And then you throw that with some of the mean things they probably were just saying, honestly, out of jealousy. And I don't always love that narrative of like women being jealous of each other, but I kind of think that that's what this was. And then- she was abandoned on the beach and Ben broke up with her and it was, it was a lot. And Chris Harrison kind of apologizing. I feel like he just kind of had to because ABC, like they don't regret how they aired Olivia. Like they got a lot of attention out of that. And it was the storyline of the season. And they even were like, here comes the drama, Olivia, like last night. So I don't know. I'm happy for her too. And I think it was probably really nice for her to kind of, it was almost like a putting a bow on that chapter that now she can look back and like have a nice moment. But do I think they're not going to like have a villain anymore? Like, no. And I think that they're, it, there's a, it's a good learning lesson of the balance of poking fun at something. But I also do think almost like a, a Demi or a Corinne who have kind of come out to be that sort of quote unquote villainy type have gotten more of like a fun, like mean girly, like we like to watch them versus Olivia got straight, like, oh, she's a psycho. And I think a lot of that happens in the editing room. So it'll be interesting to see going forward just as also our culture gets more, you know, socially aware and trying not to totally mess everything up all the time we'll see like how the villain thing works because it's kind of messed up even though it's fun to watch
1: right i do think a lot of it is the editing aspect you know i'm sure like in the very beginning when olivia was doing like her confessionals and stuff i'm sure she said like the quirky things like the olivia higgins and stuff and then the producers just kind of like hyper focused on that and that just kind of became like her shtick um yeah so i do think a lot of it was like editing
2: Some of the random girls on the season, the fact that Lace got a check-in, I was like, do we need, we didn't even talk about the fact that she got matching tattoos with Grant on Bachelor in Paradise and got engaged to him. And I know they're not together and that was like three years ago, but why do I need to hear about her
1: relationship with Ben? Right. Um, I didn't like her on Paradise, but I remember really liking her on Ben's season. She kind of had like a chaotic energy. And like when I was watching her back, yeah, when I was watching her back last night, she kind of reminded me of Kristen Doty from Vanderpump Rules. She kind of looks like her. They kind of have, like, the same, like I said, chaotic energy. So I don't know. I just remember really liking Lace, like, back in the day. I knew she wasn't right for Ben, but, like, she was good TV.
2: That is such a good call. She's such a Kristen Doty. Wow. Yeah, she definitely was. She's kind of like um or Ashley S. on Chris Soul Season. I don't know if you watched that one, but she was the chick who, like, found a pomegranate and called it an onion and was, like, being crazy. She That was a journey. Oh I wish they would. They're not going to air Chris Soul Season because he's, you know, problematic um but his season was really good like that was at moving that Ashley I Becca Tilly for the first time which i know one of your notes from this episode was Becca Tilly question mark question mark question mark so tell me a little bit about that
1: so i completely forgot she was on Ben's season <laughs> like when i was yeah. watching last night i was like oh my god like this is Becca Tilly cuz like i feel like she like she even looks different now so like when yeah. i first saw her like during one of the rose ceremonies i was like is that Becca and then like he called Becca and i was like oh my god that's Becca
2: what so season like that's did you associate her with? What's that? What did you associate her with?
1: I honestly don't remember. Like, I just knew she was, like, in The Bachelor world, obviously. But, like, I honestly forgot, like, where she started and, like, you know, which season she was on and whatnot.
2: She'd probably love to hear that. She was the runner-up on Crystal season. And then her and that girl, Amber, both came back for Ben's season. They didn't even show Amber last night. But Becca posted a really funny TikTok of her, of the moment that her and Amber, who was also on Crystal season... I think they were just, everyone was just so in love with Ben Higgins that everybody wanted to be on the show. So they came back and they posted a TikTok of that, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? Like the like creep, the music of like, oh, why are you here? Which was really funny. Um, Becca also revealed on her Instagram that she snuck a phone into Ben's season, which I think is really funny. Um, Yeah, that's funny. And they also don't really bring people back anymore like that. They used to do that more often, I feel like. And we haven't had a good random Bachelor person, either come back in the first episode or even a few down, like Nick Bile and Caitlin's season. Like, we need to start doing that again.
1: Yeah, I feel like it's just, like, now you're, like, on Bachelor or Bachelorette and then you're on Paradise. Like, that's the only time that you really kind of come back.
2: So you don't need to crash a real season because you can just go out on the beach. Yeah. Can we talk about Kayla? Of course. I'm just really happy she wasn't the Bachelorette.
1: I was never really a fan of her. I mean, she's a sweet girl, but, like, I don't know. I was never really, like, drawn to her. And, like, again, I didn't really think that she was a match for Ben. I thought it was a little weird that, like, sh- when she talked to Chris Harrison last night, when she came back, it w- I felt like it was so short. Like, it was like two seconds, and it was like, hey, like, how are you? She brought in her boyfriend, and then that was it. And I feel like the other people got so much more time than she did.
2: Yeah, she posted on her blog, um, which I read last night, because I was like stalking all these people to see if they were watching. And she was like, I talked to him for 20 minutes. You'll probably see two seconds, but I'm really excited for you guys to meet Nick, who's her fiance. I think his name is Nick. And someone pointed out he looks like grocery store Joe.
1: He did, yeah. He also kind of looked like like Ben Higgins slightly.
2: A little. I mean, Kayla's, listen, she's gorgeous. She seems like a really sweet girl. But, like, I don't think she could have carried a season. And I remember those pictures that TMZ had of her filming an intro package. And I'm pretty sure everyone was like, uh, thank you, next. And they're like, all right, we'll go to JoJo. Like, it was like, I almost I felt bad for her because it was like she almost had it. Everything happens for a reason. And now she has her quote-unquote meaningful lifestyle blogger job, which did she call her job meaningful several times? which Oh yeah, yeah, she her? did, yeah. That was a lot. Charlene from Juan Pablo season is one of her bridesmaids, like random, but you know, happy for Kayla, know that I am. She's supposed to get married in 2021. I was on her wedding website on the Knot. Um it, He seems really into her and all is well that ends well, I guess, but I just like did not miss her. I
1: think honest. it was interesting that he watched some of the episodes and he admitted that.
2: I know it's been a funny thing now. Like every interview we're all doing, which you'll hear Deanna talk about that, like if has their significant other watched the show. And part of me is like, yeah, why would they want to? And another part of me is like, I don't know, it is kind of funny. Like, I think Jason Tardick watched a handful of moments from Caitlin's season last week, but he didn't want to sit there the whole time. I get maybe not wanting to watch the scenes with the person they end up with, but also if you're confident in your relationship and it was that long ago, like I don't know. I guess it's awkward, but we know that Jess Clark did not watch who's Ben Higgins' current fiance did not watch last night. Ben told us that exclusively. And then she confirmed it on her Instagram. I was like, I'll be watching from afar. We saw her briefly. And then Lauren, who was very quiet about this whole thing, this whole time. Um, Then her friends all started posting. Like Amanda posted a throwback. Becca posted some throwbacks and she started sharing them. And I was like, oh, so she is kind of acknowledging it. And right after she did that, I'm pretty sure everyone started messaging her because I had the same thought. I was like, oh, Lauren B has not said a word about this. She's now Lauren Lane. She's married to Chris Lane. Um, But she wrote, whoa, so many questions about why I'm not promoting the season of Bachelor re-airing or if I'm watching. Chris and I won't be watching, but it sounds like a fun walk down memory lane. I'm thankful for the show and the experience. Have nothing but respect for everyone I shared with that chapter, including the producers, Ben, and all the lifelong friendships I made. I know with my heart, all my heart that it led me to where I am today. I'm not sure I would have met my husband had I not put myself out there and gone on the show. I'm a better person for it. Thanks for all the love and support as always. I don't ta- always talk about it and I'd rather let others do the talking, but that's not because I didn't enjoy the experience. I've just moved on and I'm incredibly happy now. So nice to hear.
1: I think it was interesting because um, Kayla also said something similar. She was like, you know, she kind of credited the show for finding her, her fiance. And she kind of said like, you know, if she didn't move to New York City, like she wouldn't have, you know, met him, obviously. Um, so I thought it was interesting that that was kind of like the narrative for both of them.
2: I also just think it's interesting that they showed Ben and Lauren's proposal because they didn't show Caitlin and Sean's proposal. And... Everyone was like, why would they? They're not together. And it'd be weird to show Caitlin and Sean's proposal and then cut to her and Jason. But they showed Ben and Lauren's proposal and then cut to him and Jess. I have no merit and no actual facts, but I am convinced that Caitlin or Sean or someone on that side asked ABC respectfully not to air it. Because every other one of these done they've, they've done so far, they've shown the breakup and the proposal. With Sean and Catherine, we knew that they were still together, so it made sense. With Caitlin and Jason, we saw the full Nick Vile almost proposal on breakup. And now with Ben, we saw the full breakup with JoJo and the full proposal with Lauren. Happily ever after, you're my person. So
1: I definitely think Caitlin said something to ABC and was like, hey, like, can we not show this? I'm sure Ben was fine with seeing his proposal, but I feel like Lauren, obviously, you know, she didn't watch it. um, But I feel like she wouldn't have been as happy about it um, because she is married now and she kind of like has fully moved on. Obviously, like Ben is also engaged, but um I don't know. I could see Ben being, like, very cool with it and, like, fine with it. Um, it was interesting, though. They, sh- I felt like they showed the the full, like, JoJo breakup, which was pretty long. And then the Lauren proposal was pretty short. So they definitely shortened it.
2: Yeah, and, like, I, get, I remember he called her dad, which I understand why they don't need to show that. Like, I'm not saying we need to see the whole thing, but if you're going to re-air the season, like, why not just show how it ends? We can look on YouTube. And, like, I just, I think it was really, really interesting that they didn't show Caitlyn and Sean's. And I don't know, I'm convinced that one of them asked. We also saw Dean and Kaylin Miller Keys talk about those wedding rings that they're wearing even though they're not married. I'm not convinced that these two are, are gonna make it, but that's just my pessimistic attitude, I guess. I don't know. I think it's like a really roundabout way. They're like, we're committed and that's all that matters. It's like you're wearing a promise ring like you're in middle school.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. I never, in the beginning, when they first got together, I didn't think that they would last. I could see them lasting like a few more years, but I don't think it's like gonna be forever.
2: I don't think they're gonna quote, get the government involved, which is what they called it. No. Which is like, no. I don't know. I just thought it was a little strange.
1: I don't know if you noticed, um, when Chris was first about to start their interview, he called Caitlin, Caitlin. I don't know if you noticed this. And Chris Harrison did? Her and Dean... Yeah, her and Dean definitely picked up on it because Dean kind of like looked to the side and laughed.
2: Wow, that is really, really funny. I love that. That seems like, unless you have anything else, a good place to end on the Ben Higgins recap. We have Chris Harrison fumbling names and getting the perfect letter plugged in there.
1: The only other thing that I had was, I think if Ben had chosen JoJo, I think they would still be together today. Excuse me? <laughs> Do you really? not agree?
2: No. Yeah. <laughs> I thought Ben was infatuated with Lauren. And I thought Lauren was going to win from the day second she got out of that limo. When he said, I love you to both of them. Yeah. That threw a wrench for it, which by the way, saying, I love you to both of them. It's kind of bizarre that he did that. And we still act like Ben Higgins is like the perfect guy, which he definitely is. And I guess it was almost just too real. Like he was so in love with both of them. But if any other bachelor did that, I feel like we would be like that jerk was messing with both of them. But I guess we just believed that he loved both of them so much that it was okay.
1: I don't know. I kind of understand like Obviously, I've never been in his situation, but I kind of see like you're thrown into this like alternate reality and like you're bond- you're creating all these bonds with all these people. And like over time, yeah, like you are getting to know these people and you are starting to fall in love. So I kind of get like why he kind of fell in love with two people because you are just like this is such like an out of like, I don't know, it's like not like a normal experience. So I like, feel like it's kind of makes The show worked
2: too well. The show worked too well for him.
1: Right. Yeah. So like he ended up with two people and then he had to choose between them. Um, but I do think that he obviously genuinely loved both of them. And I do think that, you know, it. I wasn't surprised that he picked Lauren. I do think that, you know, he was madly in love with her. That's not even what I'm saying. I just feel like had he chosen JoJo, I feel like they were really good together. And I feel like they would still be together.
2: Wow. I can't say I agree with that. I think that they had a great relationship, but I don't think they're, I think JoJo's like out go. I don't know. I feel like him and Lauren were like perfect. I was actually really surprised when they broke up. But yeah, wow, that's a hot take. I'm going to have to sit with that. But for the rest of you, here is my chat with Deanna and enjoy that. And then think about the fact that, you know, maybe there's more Bachelor couples that might have ended up together in alternate universes because I'm pretty freaking shook. Well, with the Bachelor greatest seasons ever and all of that coming up, have you found yourself thinking about old Bachelor things that you haven't thought about in forever? Yes. Oh
0: my gosh. Well, and again... My season was on so long ago. I think it's been like 12 years since I was on the show. So I was really excited to see some of the older seasons re-air. You know, uh, there hasn't been an old season air yet. Like I, I feel like the oldest we have seen is probably Caitlin's so far on Monday night, right? Uh, Sean what? was before it, Sean, Sean Lo, Lowe. But. Right, Sean Lowe. But I guess I forget because Sean Lowe is so funny, you know? Like I yeah. on Instagram, it's like they were on so recent. But um yeah. I worry about, I don't think they're going to air mine, which I'm thankful for. No one wants to see that 26 year old country girl. again. I don't don't know about that. I don't know about that. But I think really they won't, there was just not enough drama on my season and, and I doubt it will re-air, which I'm thankful for. But I think it would be hard of them not to re-air Brad Womack's season because he so famously didn't choose anyone. You know, I mean, I was the girl that everyone thought he was going to choose. And then at the last minute, he decided not to choose anyone. And that really shifted the way the franchise works, you know, for the rest of the season. So I don't know that I want, (laughs) or how I feel about reliving all of that, you know, because it was so long ago. And I remember saying when all of that stuff happened, like I was so confused and I don't know why he did all of this, but now it means so different to me because had he not done that, it would have changed the really the path of life that brought me to where I am now, you know? So it, it's such a fine line of being like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you didn't choose anyone. What kind of guy can't find one girl out of 25 <laughs> at least once to date, you know? But then again, I say that and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm actually really thankful for that. You know, I got to go on and be the bachelorette after that and then write all the friends, all the opportunities that I've had. And then ultimately meeting Steven and my kids, like it all clearly was in the plan for me, you know? So I don't know that I'm stoked to relive that. But I guess hindsight is twenty twenty, and I feel much older now, which is thankful.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't believe one he didn't pick anyone, and two that they made Brad the Bachelor a second time. It's all just so, so crazy.
0: You know, yeah, I, so crazy. I was just having this conversation with someone the other day because we were talking about the season's re-airing, and that was the other piece I remember being mind blown by because he had always said to me like he would never do it again. He was like. Uh, I am so glad to be done with this. I wouldn't want to do this again. I wouldn't put my family through this. Like, I remember in private, like he didn't have to say those things to me. Like on a phone conversation, he was like, "I would never ever do it again. Never ever ever." And then, sure enough, when I found out he was doing it again, because in um, the first episode of his second season, they had Jenny and I come back because we were engaged, both of us, you know, oddly at the same time to be married to someone else, and just I guess in a, in a way to bring it all full circle and. I, as soon as I found out that they wanted us to film that, I called him right away. and was like, what the heck? Like you said you would never, ever do it again. What are you doing? Like, is this a financial thing or do you think you need a second chance? What are you doing? You know, I just remember thinking I was really confused by that.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, and he, he was entertaining. So I guess that's, I guess yeah. part of it and it all works out how it's supposed to, but it's funny to think back at, they've never done another repeat before and to have Brad be the one who got it twice when he didn't even pick someone the first time is, pretty hilarious I, right isn't it wild
0: he didn't even pick someone he, he and, and and when you look at it he went from being the most hated bachelor to the most loved bachelor all like that like all it takes is a little bit of television some editing but I also feel like the Brad that I saw on his second season was a different Brad than what than the Brad that I knew might have been more prepared yeah or just you know or maybe
2: he got talked in to be a little bit funnier I don't
0: know you know <laughs> The flu. maybe it's apparently he
2: had some therapy. So maybe that helped. <laughs> Did you keep in touch with him though? Cause you said you talked to him before he made the decision to do it again, which was like a few years later.
0: Yeah, we kept in touch for a really long time, especially up through like the bachelorette. You know, we kept in touch. Uh, we had each other's phone numbers. We never saw each other in person after that unless it was something that we needed to film together for the show. But we kept in touch for a really long time. And then after my season of The Bachelorette, when i mean the very public messy breakup that Jesse and I had, he reached out after that and just said, Hey, you know what? It's, it's really tough, but I just want you to know I'm thinking about you. And he was really supportive, which I I truly appreciate. And I've never, and would never want to utter a bad thing about him because he was always really nice to me and his family was always really, really great and made me feel very warm and welcome when I was around them. So
2: I still don't just, you know, I just don't understand. That's all. <laughs> That's I just, right. Yeah. I just don't understand. <laughs> it's so funny because the bachelor, there is this way of you guys all kind of having this unique experience. So you stay in touch and stuff for us. It's like, Oh, you'd want to talk to your ex-boyfriend or what is, or that right. but if you guys, you guys managed to make it work. I feel like did the bachelorette so like a group chat that goes off all the time. Like I just imagine a constant oh communication. God, absolutely. We're on one group chat. Yes. Uh,
0: and it was so funny because there are all of us. And most recently we found Jen Sheft and Meredith and added them to the group chat as well. But I think for the women in particular, what I really love about this group of women is that for the most part, we are very supportive of each other and very supportive of the things that we do and the ventures that we take on. Like, you know, every time someone when Becca started her clothing line, she was like, you know, would you guys share? And you know, and of course, that's the beautiful thing about women is that we want to build each other up more than anything, and that's what I've appreciated most about this group of women. Um, I actually was really flattered, and I texted Caitlyn separately. I was really flattered that I got the opportunity to comment on her season because, sex aside, if you know Caitlin Bristow, she, she's just delightful. You know, like she's super funny. She's very raw and genuine and real about herself and her life and and, and sometimes her, her ups and downs that she goes through. And I think for anyone, especially women, watching her season play back, you, you had to feel for her. Like just because she chose to be intimate with someone, her name was put through the ringer. I mean, people were cruel to her, yeah. cruel to her and the things that they said about her. And I found it really unfair. And I know I said this in the episode the other night, but that men do this all the time. They go into the fantasy suite with three different women and no one questions them and what they do. And no one, no one openly calls them names and vulgar names. If that it's almost this double standard that that is not okay in the world. And it's definitely not okay in the bachelor franchise. So I I told her separately, I was like, "I, I just love you so much. And I love everything that you stand for. And I feel really honored to be able to, uh, to comment on her behalf and to stand up for her. Because if you do truly know her, she, she's just, she's really great. She's really, really great.
2: Yeah, she yeah. definitely was like one of the most authentic, like put it all out there bachelorettes that we've ever had. She's pretty awesome. Yeah, and she
0: still is that way. If you follow her on social media,
2: she still is that way. And that's what I love about her. I, I truly do. I think she's so great. We can only hope that the narrative is shifting to be a little more sex positive because we did see Hannah get to be celebrated a little bit for the windmill of it all. So as silly and I'm as sure. that was, it kind, of <laughs> meant, it kind of meant a lot that we got to, you know, celebrate it versus not.
0: I, I think that definitely with all of the things that are happening in the world right women empowerment the black lives matter everything that is going on in the world i see all of these shifts that you know the production company and that abc are hearing our voices and and finally finally we are being heard and they are making some really good changes to i i know what has been a really successful show and and i think that's that's really incredible you know it's amazing to me in 2020 when you look back at the show and that we have only seen one black lead and that's Rachel, you know, like that's that's, what what kind of world are we living in? Like, that's just bonkers to me.
2: When Rachel put it in perspective and said that you're like, there's been 45 presidents and there's been one black president and there's been 40 leads and there's been one black lead in the bachelor. It was like, oh, whoa, that's a really scary statistic. like hello how how much more eye opening can you
0: get so um i was so glad to see that they announced matt as the new bachelor although I, I do find it interesting that he was supposed to be on claire's season and then there was that little bit of drama with him setting yes. up cammy out, right. And her calling him out publicly, which I love Claire. I mean, I, I am so thrilled that Claire, Claire will be the bachelorette because right. I mean, Claire has been around for a while. So I have had the chance and the opportunity to spend time with Claire over the years. And I just love that she is a woman through and through, and you know what else, that, but she's a woman's woman. You know, we added her to our bachelorette <laughs> group chat <laughs> recently because we just weren't sure because how she felt about it because her season hadn't aired yet, but we did just because we were all working on some creative things and trying to be funny during the quarantine situation. And it has been a pleasure to add Claire to the group because we have been able to show her that this is such a small percentage of women that she is now a part of, but that more than anything, that we all genuinely love each other. And we really just want to build each other up with all that we do. And and everybody's been really great to Claire in offering her advice and supporting her. But yeah, what I love most about Claire is that she doesn't take shit from anyone, you know, from yeah. no one. Like she is not one to be pushed over or pushed on whatsoever. And, and I think that that's what this show needs. You know, I think that that's what they need. I do love the franchise and I love seeing everything, but the older I get, I feel the younger the people get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it is so nice to see, you know, I had an almost 40 year old woman do this show because she is going to be a voice to be reckoned with. So I was a little confused about the decision to make Matt the bachelor, just because he came from Claire's season. And then there was that little tiff on, on social media about him doing that. But then again, like, I think it is a really great choice. You know, uh, he and Tyler are being best friends. So clearly we'll see Tyler in his upcoming season. You know, I mean, I'm sure Tyler will come on to vet out the women and find out who's there for the right reasons and who's not. But 100%. a hundred percent. Yeah, he seems, I don't know him personally, but just from like social media and stuff, he seems like a really nice guy. He seems very well put together and, and I, I'm, it is going to be really nice to see a person of color to see a black man be the lead of this show. I think it's just going to be so refreshing.
2: I agree. I was kind of hoping to see Claire and him, you know, have a little conversation about it.
0: television. Selfishly.
2: Yes. But I also think he will be a good lead. So I understand. Yeah. Yeah. That's so I'm also
0: thinking, I, you know what else I'll say this too. I, I, I have really wished to see a new Bachelor or a Bachelorette instead of seeing people from repeated seasons. I have really hoped for that. So I also like the decision to do that. Although people kind of know him from being casted on Claire's season, and they definitely know him as being Tyler's best friend. But also, it's going to be so refreshing to see someone new, someone who hasn't been played out on four or five seasons and who can come into this and, and hopefully... I I really hope can, can, can be very raw and genuine and real because they've never been on the show before. And, and I don't want to say work the system, but work the system, like don't work the system, do this for, for you. And, and I, I hope my hope, right. Is that He's yes. able to find that he can have a really wonderful, genuine relationship with—not just an Instagram relationship.
2: <laughs> yeah, breathe a little fresh air into the franchise. Um, yes, yes. But speaking about how much it's changed, I—you I, said you guys tracked down Meredith and Jen. That's so crazy. I feel like we never hear from them. I know. Well, I think both
0: ladies have worked very hard to step away from the franchise and separate themselves from it. Mm-hmm. Rightfully so. I think Meredith had a very different. Uh, experience than any of us women did. Um, and I think, um, probably the same for Jen, but I also think back then when we were the first four women, right. The, the Bachelorette took several seasons off in between, uh, uh, Trista, Meredith and Jen. Right. And then me several seasons later. Um, and then even after that, it was a couple of seasons before Julian was the next Bachelorette. So I think the show was just very different back then. Um, I don't think I know it was very different back then. And it felt very almost sexist to a sense. And I don't necessarily mean that negative negatively. I just think that the show is in a very different place and I'm, and all the, all of the ways that it is growing and changing now. And even with the producers that are on the show now, I, I talked to some of the producers now, and they are not the same people who worked on my show 12 years ago, but just to hear their voice and how they are looking at the show differently and how they want to evenly play out some of these scenarios is just really refreshing because it was, again, it was just so different back in the day. So um, yeah, I think those women are great. And, and Jen Shift and I have texted separately and I think she's just so nice, but you know, I, she's older, she's got two children and she's worked very hard to separate herself from that and I think she enjoys her privacy too.
2: Yeah, it's funny because it's a reality show but it also it's so popular and it represents like so many people watch it so it like has a responsibility to evolve and change with the times which hopefully we're seeing which is good. Yeah, yeah. And I also think social media changed the world of the show.
0: You know, there was I, I remember there was only MySpace when I was on the show, you know, like the yeah. day that my season of The Bachelorette ended was the day that Twitter launched. Wow. You know, like crazy. Watch the bullet. (laughs) I know, right? Tell me about it. I remember someone saying, like, you should get a Twitter account. And I was like, nobody cares what I have to say in 140 characters. Like, like, this is just silly, you know? And now there's this whole world where Instagram has really changed what happens to the show and and how they are even able to publicize the show and, and choose what to put out, and how to put it out. But also, even for the people who go on the show, you know, for us, like, we went on the show and you're a blip in the future. Like your so-called 15 minutes of fame legit was 15 minutes of fame, you know? And now people go on the show and they're walking off of night one with 300,000 followers and selling so much care bear gummies that, you know, it just is crazy. It just is crazy. It's, it's, it's really, really made everything go in a new direction, I believe.
2: Yeah, for sure. One thing that is so interesting also is that you obviously met your husband through Jillian who was on, because his brother was on Jillian's season. Yes. So you're still technically a Bachelor Nation couple in my eyes. I uh, thank you. Steven yes. will be happy with that. Well, so one, is Steve, did Steven watch any of you, like you on the show or on Brad season? No, no, not at all.
0: So you know what's <laughs> so funny? Because in light of them re-airing all of this stuff, we have been having some of these conversations lately just because people ask questions. And you know what? The top three questions that I always get asked, people find it really gross that because they think Michael was on my season with Bachelorette and that I dated Michael and then moved on and dated his brother. And I was like, no, 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 no. No, you guys are super confused. (laughs) So Michael was on Julian Harris's season. I did not date Michael. That would be really, really ancestral. And then the other thing that like with no shame, people ask me if I had sex in the fantasy suite. So I also, given the whole situation that happened with Caitlin you know, it it is a sexist thing to do. Why is it okay to ask a woman Mm -hmm. who was a bachelorette what happened in the fantasy suite? But it is just not a question that happens with the men. Or if it is, you don't see that. But that is still to this day, one of the top questions that I get asked is if I had sex in the fantasy suite. And and part of me feels like I need to defend myself and say that I didn't so that people don't label me as a slut. And then the other part of me is like, you know what? It's not any of your business. It's none of your business. And why is that? the first question that people are obsessed with when it comes to the women of the show, you know? So yeah, yeah, I don't even remember your original question and how I got (laughs) off on that range. (laughs) Just as if Steven had watched any of you on the show, but I get
2: what you mean. Totally.
0: Yeah. So, uh, no, Steven did not watch me on The Bachelor. When Michael was on The Bachelorette, the only thing that he watched was they watched my hometown date of The Bachelorette with Graham Bunn because they were trying to prepare themselves for what to expect when they were going to film Michael's hometown date. So like his mom and dad and Mm. him and a friend of theirs watched that so they could figure out what to do and what not to do and what to prepare themselves for when Jillian came to their home. But no, I, I think early on in our marriage, Steve and I had a bet on something and he lost the bet. And what he was supposed to do was watch three episodes of my season. And I think he, he got like five minutes into one and I don't remember which episode it was, but I kissed Graham Bunn and he was like, Nope, I am not (laughs) watching this, especially because Graham Bunn and I are still friends to this day. And Steven and Graham are friends. And he's like, I don't need that whatsoever. I don't. So no, he has never, ever watched
2: a full episode. That is so funny. Well, it's like you guys got together, obviously outside the show, but you're still very much in the bachelor universe. And then now we're seeing a lot of couples kind of do that. Even like Caitlin and Jason and Peter going back to Kelly, like it's like this this universe just continues. It's a never ending show. You guys were kind of the first. <laughs> I think that it's because there's so many of us now, you know.
0: And the other piece is like. I imagine, especially for Caitlin and Jason and and Peter and Kelly, like you went through something very unique that really no one will ever understand, and even to an extent, Stephen will not. You know, I probably when we began dating, it was still very fresh, and and we used to go to a lot of red carpet things or the opportunities that we would get, and he was like, "I just don't, I don't get it, I don't understand," because he wasn't ever on the show, really. And and I think the unique thing is w- when you continue to date someone within the franchise they really understand. They get it. They, to an extent, know exactly what you went through. They know what the pressure is. They know still what the pressure is to be (laughs) somewhat relevant, to keep up appearances and stuff like that. So I think it makes things just a bit easier. And also there is this whole thing that when you come off the show, I remember experiencing this when I first started dating again after my relationship from The Bachelorette ended. The people that I dated it was like they didn't want to take the time to get to know me. They thought because they saw me on a television show, they knew me and they knew exactly who I was. So they didn't ask me any questions or try to get to know the real me. They just thought from what they saw on television, this desperate 26-year-old who only wanted to find love, that, that, that they knew me. And so that was also really hard.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. So it's like a good mix. Someone who knew the franchise but didn't necessarily watch it or want yeah. to you know, be yeah. famous off of it. He doesn't want an Instagram page to be an influencer, but he enjoys appearing on mine. You know? oh, yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. Well, your kids are still young, but did they have any idea that mom was on TV? No. So
0: Addison, because she is six, she is starting to ask. Add- some questions, especially because in light of recent weeks, I have been doing, you know, commenting more on the show. And, and and then because I appeared on Caitlin's episode, I had to do this whole filming thing here the other week. And so she just asks what I'm doing. Oh oh my gosh, this was really funny. Jason Mesnick's season started airing on Netflix and mm-hmm. someone mentioned it to me and I didn't, I didn't know. So I just pulled it up because I wanted to see what was shown. And I just happened to pull up a clip where they, they do like a reflect of, what happened on my season? And Addison comes over and she goes, whoa, that's not daddy you're kissing. And I was like, no, sweetheart, it's not. She was like, why are you kissing that man? Oh my God. <laughs> so I, found, I found that it was a very, it's a very hard thing to explain because they don't quite understand like what they think television is. They think it's like Octonauts, you know, <laughs> they have like yeah. Justin They have no idea that there are other shows. And so they don't quite get it, but they know that A lot of the producers from The Bachelor family have been here. We have filmed in our home. And so when they get to do those things, they're very excited, but they they just don't quite understand yet. And so it'll be an interesting time when she finds out what really happened and what I have to explain. But yeah, her friends at school have said, hey, I saw your mom on TV. And she'll come home and say, why do they think they saw you on TV? And I'm like, oh, well well, it's kind of hard to explain. Oh my
2: God. That's so funny with Jason Mesnick season though. I watched it on Netflix again and it was like a time capsule.
0: It wasn't it? That was so funny. I felt exactly the same way. It felt like such a lifetime ago, even just to watch Jason's season. And, and then also they to be able to see Jason and Molly's wedding again, because there were so many, that was like really the first time in the history of the show that so many people from different seasons and Bachelor Nation came to something like that. It was really cool to see that that's kind of where it all
2: began. Yeah. Well, it doesn't seem like The Bachelor's going anywhere. So there could be a potential one day where your daughter or your son comes to you and they're like, Mom, this show, maybe I should, you know, try reality TV. What would you even say? Oh, <laughs> I cannot go there. Cannot even go there. I hope <laughs> not. I hope
0: not, right? My role as a mother, I want to protect my children from, from everything that I possibly can. And goodness gracious, to see my daughter on The Bachelor, oh my word. I just. <laughs>
2: Not even go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Well, are you guys good with the family of four? Is there plans to have more? Are you, you you good you good to go? No, we are good to go. We are definitely good to go. We have a healthy boy,
0: healthy girl. And uh, the other piece of me is that I have really found joy in the last couple of years being able to just get back in the swing of things, being able to work more, being able to create more. I have really poured my heart and my soul into um, uh, this web series moms and cars that I created. And I, I just really love the four of us. Um, I don't want to be pregnant again, which, which is just something my boobs will never look the same. I mean, I could just keep going on and on here, but, um, we have, have talked about what it might look like in the future to maybe adopt or even foster another child, because I feel like, you know, we have so much love to give, and and we really are really truly blessed and very lucky, and and so we have talked about what that might look like in the coming years that we are interested in doing something like that.
2: Wow, yeah, Sean and Catherine just said something recently about that too. I feel like you know goes to show, the Bachelor's got some good people in it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, right it's through the. Think of it, there are some of us that are really great and in it for the right reasons.
2: Yeah. Well, for the record, when I saw you on, uh, Caitlin's re-airing the other day, I was like, oh my God, she looks exactly the same. So your face, <laughs> like you look oh, thank the same. You so much. I
0: desperately need a haircut, but I cannot tell you how many people messaged me on Instagram and said, your hair looks awesome. And I thought, wow, I need at least four inches cut off, but thank you so much.
2: <laughs> no, I mean it. I thought pro- it's like interesting to see, you know, with Hollywood these days and the way people's faces may change. I was like, oh my God, Deanna looks amazing. She looks the same. She looks awesome. Oh, Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you. Now, I,
0: I, I look back and I think we all do every, everything in retrospect, right? But I feel better as a 38-year-old married mom of two kids and feel more secure and, and happy within myself than I did at 26 on a television show where I had people pumping me up every day and dressing me and doing my hair and my makeup. And I, I, I like who I am now.
2: Well, that's all you can ask for, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think well, so. I'm in a good place. Thank you so much for taking time to talk to me. Is there anything else you wanted to catch us up, the Us Weekly Audience up with what you're doing or
0: anything else? Um, no, well, thank you so much. What am I? I'm a I'm a at-home chef, I'm an at-home school teacher, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a babysitter, I'm a nanny, I'm a cleaning lady, I'm all of those things currently. And I imagine most of the women around the world are feeling the same thing. But I was, I was Bachelorette. So <laughs> right? Right. What, what a great show this would make. I would so love if you would push people to moms and cars. I would really appreciate that. It's, um, it's a show that I created a couple of years ago uh, with my dear friend, Christine Lakin. And it was, it really just came from the fact that we were just trying to get a break and we would skip to our cars. And just do funny stuff. And, you know, I find joy in like enjoying an entire Snickers bar by myself in my car and not having to share it with my children. So it was this funny thing that I came up with, and it has evolved over the last year and a half. And now it's so fun because we're able to have guests in the car and interview some of our friends on Parenthood. So with the current COVID situation, we're trying to figure out what that looks like moving forward because we can't necessarily have three people in cl- close quarters like that. But we're trying to figure out what moms and cars looks like moving forward in a COVID situation. So this could turn out to be something really funny.
2: Thank you guys for tuning in to this week's episode of Fear for the Right Reasons. Don't forget to leave a five-star review on iTunes. You can message me or tweet me at Sarah Heron on Twitter and Instagram and let me know what you want to hear about. If you're watching Bachelor Go, if you're not, which Bachelor alum you want me to reach out to and catch up with, and I will see you next.